Hello and welcome to episode 51 of Two Geeks Two Beers with me Tom Eames and my adventuring pal Morgan Jeffrey. Very adventurous, that's yeah. me. So this is uh, episode 51, mm. It's it should have been an episode we did a long time ago. Mm. Do you want to explain why? Yeah, so we... <laughs> Not really, but I will. <laughs> so we recorded this entire episode mm. a good, what, six months ago, something like that? Six months, more like... About a year? Two years two ago. Um, and it was, you know, we, we, it was a different kind of episode and mm. we're really proud of it. An episode that would be hard to replicate yeah. if, say... Something bad would yeah. happen to the recording on so the I episode. So I had a new. I mean, we explained this in the previous podcast, but I, I brought a new uh, device to record our podcast at the time, mm. and I stupidly didn't test it mm. first, which was a rookie error. Mm. And I got when I came to editing it, realised there was just no no audio. And I, had I remember. To, I remember when you called me <laughs> to tell me that the episode hadn't recorded, and you it's like got, someone had died. And, and like, you know, it's twenty nineteen. Who calls anyone anymore? So when you called me, I was. Already I never a bit, call you. Do no, I? you never call me. Yeah. So I was already a bit, you know discombobulated yeah. and then you're like mate I've got some bad news I was like oh, someone's ill and you're like episode didn't record and I was like no but it's just the fact that we, you know it's a lot of effort to, to mm. meet up and do an episode and it was all for nothing just so you know yeah. it's a lot of effort to do it this. is and, and, and as you will go on to explain yeah. this episode was slightly different from the norm yeah. and so harder to replicate hence yeah. why it's taken us so long to yeah. uh, take, to, to restage yeah we didn't want to do it like the next week because we were depressed if anything so <laughs> we were depressed we, we needed time to grieve <laughs> yeah, yeah all that and also we didn't want to do something that was you know we're genuine we're yeah. genuine guys okay. so no we didn't want it to be uh, fake and like we were recreating something no. but enough time no. has passed I think that we can come at it fresh yeah. again now and we drink so much that our memory is awful anyway, true so. <laughs> um, so in case it's not obvious I mean you've downloaded the episode so I'm sure you know what it's about it's all about Choose your own adventure books. Yes. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you listening at home, um, if you're of a certain age, would have um, read a few of these in your time. Read, played? Yeah. What's the right verb? Who knows? Who knows? Um, so we'll start with, well, there's a, there's a few beverages to talk about this time. Yes. So not only, should we do my beers for the episode first? or do we uh, do No, well, well, let's let's do explain why there's extra beers while okay. I get out the extra. So if, um, I'm sure you, oh, I'm sure you listened to last week's episode. Why wouldn't you? Well, say week last week so, um, uh, where I lost uh, the battle of um, Tom versus Morgan which mm. was we both had a film that we discussed that the other one hated and we had to find out who did a better argument I came, I went second and mm. couldn't handle my drink mm. and my argument was dreadful and I lost so Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom your choice was the winner over my choice Donnie Darker yeah there were only two of us involved and yet I still feel like you came <laughs> last rather than second yeah no I didn't deserve a silver medal um, I didn't finish, <laughs> no, didn't, didn't even finish. DNF did not finish 
Um, so uh, we said before that the loser, well, the winner got to get a beer of their choosing. All right, so, what, so, what, so, what, so what I've got here is... And you have, you have to pay for this, okay, by the yeah, way. You have to yeah. refund me. Oh, is, um, oh yeah, yeah. Because I am Cornish, yeah. it's from St. Ostelbury. Yeah, been there. Uh, proper job, Cornish IPA. Yeah. Not my favourite. My oh. favourite is um, a tribute. Okay. But they didn't have that in my okay. local... Um, Still a good beer. Still a fine beer. Yeah, they didn't have that in my local sort of, you know, beer merchants, yeah. by which I mean my supermarket. Yeah. Uh, but proper job is lovely. Yeah. So that's what I've chosen okay. for you to get for me. Okay. So I'll just crack that okay. open. Okay. Lovely. And that's on top of the beers we've got, the regular beers. Oh, this isn't even, yeah, this isn't yeah. a regular beer, yeah. So we're going to get super drunk. And um, I mm. have got the booby prize, yeah. which for some people, tequila might be a nice tipple. But might for us, make them happy. It might make them happy. But for us, um, whether we've got bad memories of it or it's, we just don't like the taste. It tastes like old socks. We don't, we, don't, we don't like tequila, so... Yeah, I have to do a shot of tequila. So. Yeah, and I was thinking, because neither of us like tequila, I don't particularly want to be lumbered with a huge bottle of tequila. Yeah. Um, so I went and tried to buy a small bottle of tequila. Couldn't find a small bottle of tequila, no. so I ended up spending £14 on a rather large bottle Whoa. of tequila. Um, oh, Christ. It's, I love the, the top, though. It's got a little sombrero on oh, top. Uh, that is nice. Tom was asking me earlier, we were in the pub earlier, and he was saying, how am I going to, yeah, have you got like a like a shot glass or something? You're going to take a photo now, live. Yeah, live photo. <laughs> there you go. Cool. And, um, and I was like, I can't explain why, yeah. but don't worry, you will not need a shot glass. So I guess I'll just pour you a shot of this tequila into the sombrero. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll go. <laughs> all right. Is that a, sh- a shot's worth? You reckon? I reckon it's a, a. I reckon it works out about oh a shot's God. worth. All right. I'm gonna. This is gonna be horrible. All right. I think. Do you know? What? I think you've got off easy because I think this is slightly less than a shot. I could worth. do two if you want. Oh, it smells rank. Maybe I could do one at the start and one at the end. <laughs> if you want, I was gonna let you off, but. Okay. Here we go. One, two, three, go. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. It's Why does anyone like Why that? Why does anyone like it? Okay, if I'm feeling brave, I might have another one at the end. All right. Well, I hate tequila. Oh, Christ. And you hate tequila. So now I'm just stuck with a mostly full bottle of tequila. So if yeah. anyone wants this, uh, we'll, we'll, like, sign it. Yeah. <laughs> and send yeah. it to you. Yeah. It's, like, it's a full bottle of tequila. It's, yeah. like, like, basically £14 worth and of I haven't, tequila. And I haven't, I haven't um, mouthed the, uh, the, the, um, the top because I took it in a sombrero. I mean, so. some people might... Pay more for that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, if you want this bottle of tequila, yeah, germ-free. We will genuinely we'll sign it to you and post it to you. Post it to your pack and covered. Oh, that was horrible. Of course it is. It's tequila. Okay. Um, so here's the beers, the normal beers. Oh god. Oh, god, we're doing a ten-minute segment on beers for once. Um, so it's all about choose your adventure books. Mm. Um, so I found Pathmaker. Oh, nice. Because you've got to choose your own path. Choose your own path. Look at that. And it, it's, it's from uh, Black Sheep Brewery. Yeah. You can get it on Beerhawk. And uh, it's a pale ale, 5.6%. There you go. 5.6%. What order? Are you going to drink Proper Job first and then I've already, or both I've, mix and match? I've already cracked open my 5.5% Proper Job. Wait. So I'm going to wait for my... I like mine, though. Yeah, well, I'll, yeah. Go on, open yours. It's, the description sounds like something like Game of Thrones. Warden of the North, Guardian of Hop and Barley, wait, and Seeker it's... of New Adventure. Oh, Perfect. You, you should do it in a bad Jon Snow impression. Oh, right, you do it, you do it. Warden of the North, Guardian yeah. of Hop and Hop... <laughs> Guardian of Hop and Barley and Seeker of New Adventure. He, with knowing glint in his eye, sizing up the future, was full to the brim with early daring and so took the path not yet travelled. Very good. I mean, carrying on the Donnie Darker theme, it's mm. pretentious wank, but <laughs> very good. I'll open mine. Spillage, a little bit. A little bit of froth. That is nice. Oh, that is nice. Really nice. Okay, so. 
what are your memories then of choose your own adventure books oh so I uh, as with many things inherited some from my brother yeah um, and yeah loved them used to there, there was one I remember I, and I'm not sure I'm sure you get into this but there were like there was the official because choose yeah. your own adventure isn't yeah. a genre it's, no, like, it's, it's like yeah. a specific brand yeah. um, and there were other ones like find your fate yeah. um, and so I'm not sure if I had choose your own adventure or find your fate but like, we definitely had those sort of books mm-hmm. in the in the house and there was one that was kind of like an Arabian Nights kind right. of theme yeah. which um, like it was about a flying carpet and <laughs> I remember really enjoying it but also finding it it really kind of bummed me out because <laughs> a lot of the time it'd just be like you fell off the carpet and you died like Start again. real stakes yeah. real stakes yeah. it wasn't just like or like oh you're trapped in this world forever and you can never get home sucks to be you yeah. really depressing yeah. um, and then there was another one which obviously I was big into me superhero comics and there was one that was like a, a superhero one where you got to play a superhero and, f- and fight supervillains in a kind of like metropolis type city yeah. um, so those were my I think we might have had some more but those were my two favourites that I played or read uh, a lot nice well, uh, well as you say Choose Your Own Adventure is actually one of the makers of these kind of books mm. sort of like Hoover with um, <laughs> yeah. vacuum cleaners yeah um, so it's actually they're called game books that's the official right. um, you know description of what these things are so if you want to know a game book is a work of printed fiction that allows a reader to participate in the story by making choices along the way mm. the narrative branches along various paths typically through the use of numbered paragraphs or pages uh, they're sometimes called Choose Your Own Adventure Books or CYOA mm. after the influential Choose Your Own Adventure series originally published by US company Bantam Books mm. um, and it says here they can be grouped into three different types so you've got first the branching plot novel which requires the reader to make choices but are otherwise like a regular novel right the second type is a solitaire adventure apparently which combines the branching plot novel with the rules of a role playing game so allowing the game to be played without a games master um but they may require the purchase of separate manuals to go along with it. So it's, we get into Dungeons and Dragons territory. Too much effort. The third type, even more hardcore, if you want to go down that route, is the adventure game book, which essentially combines the two, a branching plot novel that comes complete with a simple role-playing system unique to the book or series. So, I mean, I wasn't clever enough as a kid to no. do any of those, t- the, the latter two, but there you go. Uh, at the end of a text section, the reader is usually given a choice of narrative branches that they may follow. Each branch contains a reference to the number or the, of the paragraph or page that should be read next if the branch is chosen. The story continues this way until a paragraph or page which ends that branch of the story. Often with a grisly death. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's sort of... Yeah, because there's only really you see those deaths. It's like oh, just got to start again from the beginning. And a lot of the time, there was only sort of like one or two correct paths. Mm. So more often than not, you would spend your time yeah. dying a horrible death. It's like those early games though, which didn't have save points mm. or checkpoints, mm. and so so often you'd need to somehow complete the whole game in one sitting, mm. and you just have to go back to the beginning. Yeah. So yeah, um, it was a tough. We had tough childhoods. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Hardcore. Um, the only, earliest known example of, of the game book is called Consider the Consequences by Doris Webster and Mary Alden Hopkins in 1930. That sounds like a sort of like, consider the consequences. Yeah. It sounds really like, you know, stern. I've got a, um, a screen grab of the book. I tried really hard to find it, but it's so rare and expensive. Yeah, I was like, it's not, it's not worth it for, for not worth it. that kind of money. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, so I might put a photo of that on, the, on our website or on social somewhere. Instagram. Um. But I like I love the the um, the intro it says here is a brand new idea in fiction a story which ends in any one of a dozen or more different ways depending entirely on the taste of the individual reader the idea is this in the opening pages we meet three characters Helen Rogers and the two men who love her 
Jed Harringdale and Saunders Mead. Jed and Saunders are opposite types. Jed and Saunders. And Helen is forced to choose between them. The reader at this point decides which man Helen is ready to choose. If she takes Jed, the story continues in one way. If she chooses Saunders, an entirely different tale unfolds. Each of these tales inevitably leads to several turning points at each of which the to hang on, at each of which the reader must decide which course to follow. Thus, the ultimate outcome depends on which of a number of alternate alternative decisions the reader has seen fit to make. It is a delightfully <laughs> original idea, in, um, inge- ingeniously ingeniously I'm already drunk from ingenuously. the, from the, uh, from the uh, tequila. Try it for yourself and see how how logically the de, de, I love this word denouement 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 follows the decisions you make for each character. Right. I know that was really painful to listen to me try and do that, <laughs> but I just love the fact that the first ever version was like a was, romantic, was a romantic yeah like yeah. yeah like Pride and Prejudice or something. Sliding Doors yeah, great. basically the plot of Sliding Why Doors. Why has there not been a t- uh, movie remake <laughs> instead of the consequences <laughs> on Netflix? We'll get onto that. Um, so the idea of her having stories branching out into several different paths was suggested by Jorge Louis Borges in his short story An Examination of the Work of Herbert Quain in 1941 not the best uh, title in the world that doesn't roll off the tongue this story featured like, an author like genius <laughs> this story featured an author whose novel is a three part story containing two branch points with nine possible endings and then in 1945, a book titled Treasure Hunt was published in Britain. Uh, this book allowed the reader to choose among several possible actions at the end of each story section, and it has been acknowledged as the first game book in the modern sense. Right. So in the way we know it, that was the first one. And there were loads of different examples of uh, game books in the 60s and 70s, but the first game book series, like proper, appears to have been by Tracker Books, published by Transworld in the UK between 72 and 1980. Uh, this series included adventures in a variety of genres, such as sci-fi, mystery, and sports, weirdly, which is great. Meanwhile, in the US, the Adventures of You series appeared in 76 and 77, with two titles that would later become part of the groundbreaking Choose Your Adventure series, Sugarcane Island by Edward Packard and Journey Under the Sea by R.A. Montgomery. Now, I know this is a lot of talking. There's not much... <laughs> I can't put clips in. There's not much, uh, you know, hilarity, but it's all important. We've got to do this. It is important, it is yeah. important. I, I, sorry, I know there's a lot of talking. I know there's a lot of, talking. <laughs> there's a lot of waffle. Yeah. Um, and then we also got tabletop role-playing games, such as Dungeons & Dragons, mm. were another early influence that would uh, contribute in um, major ways to the development of, of game books. The first module which combined a branching path narrative with a set of role-playing games was Buffalo Castle for Tunnels and Trolls system, whatever that is, in 75. If you're a Tunnels and Trolls fan, get in touch. Let's hear more about it. But the Adventures of You series by Edward mm. Packard and R.A. Montgomery, they're mm. the kind of the first right. of uh, the way we'd consider it can I say the first time you said that I thought it was the, like someone called Usuries like, like Ulysses <laughs> it's like the adventures of Usuries like, the adventures yeah, the of Usuries series. Series. Yeah. so it took the idea of um, interactive books to Bantam they took it to there and um, Choose Your Adventure or CYOA was born in 1979 beginning with The Cave of Time the series became immensely popular worldwide and several titles were translated into various languages and it reached the peak of its popularity with children in the 80s um, and then many other um, publishers tried to sort of compete with that, including, as you say, Find Your Fate. Find Your Fate. From, the, from Ballantyne. Test your might. But, find your fate. But Find Your Fate, unlike Choose Your Adventure, they would um, essentially get in contact with established properties. So they got mm. in touch with Indiana Jones, James Bond, Doctor Who, 
and R.L. Stein wrote several books. Mm. Is that Goosebumps? Goosebumps. Yeah. I always, which I always assumed R.L. Stein was like a even yeah. as a kid yeah. when you're not really meant to think about these things. I always assumed it was like a pseudonym, and it was lots of people writing Goosebumps. Yeah. But no. that's a real dude. Yeah, real Amazing. Yeah. Um, so it, the, it, it, it was at its height in the sort of. 80s and by the early 90s it kind of fizzled out a little mm. bit obviously video games are yeah, uh, getting into into um, popularity however new branching path books continue to be published to this day in several countries and languages choosing an adventure went on to become the longest running game book series of 185 titles in total and uh, the first run of the series ended in 98 um r8 montgomery started releasing um more choose your adventure titles in 2005 his company has also released a uh, few few more since then and uh, new books and, con- and series continue to be published in other countries to this day. What I think, is though, is... Crazy. What I think, though, is... Uh, choose your own adventure books only really work if you have a physical book. Yeah, you can't yeah, be like, can't. Oh, I'm reading Choose Your Own Adventure on a Kindle. You Tur- flip to page 85. Yeah. Oh, fuck's sake. No, scrolling, 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 scrolling. Can you... Do they have hyperlinks on Kindles? If that works, then I suppose it could work. Look, press a little button and you go straight yeah, to page 85. Yeah, maybe it could work. I like the idea. It's like, fuck's sake. Oh, my finger's getting tired. yeah. yeah. And it wouldn't work because on Kindles it always says like how much percentage you've gone through the book. Yeah. So that wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. Yeah. Um, while most game books have traditionally been aimed at young audiences, there have been several attempts to write adult-oriented uh, branching path stories. <laughs> like, like Lewis <laughs> Fifty Saw- Shades of Grey. Saucy. Yeah. Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, do you enter the Red Room? <laughs> Heather McKelleton published a best-selling game book for adults in 2007 called Pretty Little Mistakes, a do-over novel. And a few others, uh, such as Life's Lottery and Nicholas Bobaki's If. Um, but I just like the fact they're still going. Yeah. Because obviously, as kids in the 80s, they still want it. And so they're sort of catering to us mm. who have grown up. Mm. Um, but I'd say it's influenced a lot of modern games. Because if you look at um, Heavy Rain or Detroit Become Human from mm. uh, Concept Dream, and even games like Red Dead Redemption 2, it's all about making choices which affects the rest of the game so you you have a personally your game is is one of like hundreds of thousands of ways iterations it end. Yeah. so with red dead redemption 2 rockstar games has set out to create its most ambitious open world experience to date it is an epic tale of outlaw life that seamlessly blends story with action arthur let's go quick and exploration with choice all under the constant threat of danger. <laughs> Your experience is defined by the choices and decisions you make for Arthur. Thank you, sir. You can, of course, choose what to wear, ride, eat, and which guns to carry. Shave, bathe, or don't. It's up to you. Uh, there was also a new HBO show, um, uh, mosaic really? mosaic yeah, yeah. I, I interviewed uh, the sort of writer creator Ed Solomon who's best known for writing uh, the Bill and Ted films oh, and right, yeah. Men yeah. in Black and yeah I had a fantastic conversation with him about that really fascinating because they released it as an app yeah, uh, yeah. so it, it was it aired as sort of like a, a regular TV series that chose certain paths and yeah and, and you know took a, a cut yeah. and aired that but then you, you there was also an app where you could Choose your own path. Yeah. So it says you can you could download the Mosaic app and watch a twenty five minute introductory episode, and then choose the show's direction from there. You pick the character whose, whose perspective you want to see the event the events unfold. You collect clues that will help you piece together the story. And the app had two, two different endings for the show, but when it actually begins airing or began airing, it continued from there. I guess. Yeah. Steven Soderbergh and HBO present a new storytelling experience. 
A story that you navigate. There he is, right there. What do you think? A story that lets you go deeper. Joel, hey, I want to come clean about some things. To see the bigger picture. A story with multiple perspectives. And when it's all over, you'll want to look again. And again. And then, of course, Bandersnatch. Which I cannot say um, without, or cannot hear, without thinking of Thundercats. So it's always <laughs> Bander, Bandersnatch. Bander, Bander, Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch. <laughs> Same with Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Oh, Cumberbatch. <laughs> da, da, da. So Bandersnatch is, is an irritating one for me just because we did this episode so long ago and yeah. now it looks like we're just sort of doing it because Bandersnatch came out. Well, that's why we're redoing it. We, oh, yeah. But still. <laughs> Keep having these vivid dreams, like thinking weird things. What sorts of things? We're going to be a hit factory, like Motel, but for computer games. You heard it here first. Bandersnatch. It's an adventure game based on the book. Jerome F. Davies was a genius. See that bloke who went cuckoo and cut his wife's head off? When it's a concert piece, a bit of madness is what you need. Voices, but there is something. Bandersnatch was the final straw. It lets you see the bigger picture. Stefan, you're worrying me. You're stepping out of this. Stefan. Your fate has been dictated. You're not in control. What did you think of it? Because I mm. I thought it was groundbreaking in how it was made yep. and it was really clever. Yeah. But I felt like it could have been so much better. I agree. So, I mean, well, yeah. We, we can't I do mean, that shit. Yeah. Fuck your ideas up, Charlie. But do you know what I mean? It, no, it could have. But I, I, my, my feeling was, I, I and I think it is more like a game, mm. I, pl- I sort of played it through um, once and I thought yeah. well, this is brilliant this is yeah. groundbreaking this is incredible this is like no other experience yeah. and then I played it through to like one of the actual proper endings yeah. but because I'm a completist freak yeah. I had to be like right I want to get all the endings yeah, yeah, and then yeah. when I was playing it through a second time I was like I'm quite bored yeah. because all I'm waiting for yeah. is, is another option is, is the next choice to come along yeah. and uh, we, we choose your own adventure didn't take you all the way back to the start no. it would normally take you to like a reset point yeah. Um, and it would take you to like a, you know halfway through the story, yeah. and, you would, and you would work your way back up to where you had previously made the wrong choice, if you like. Whereas Bandersnatch, if you wanted to ha- to see all the endings, you had to play it all the way through. And for me, the story, the narrative, wasn't compelling enough to keep to keep replaying it over yeah. and over. So it, it has great sort of one time play appeal, yeah. but it doesn't have that replayability appeal. I mean. I assume most people listening know what Bandersnatch is. If you don't know, it was part of a Black Mirror, uh, what was a Black Mirror episode by Charlie Brooker, mm. where um, you on Netflix got to choose what happened. Frosties or sugar moths? Yes. Yeah. I mean, Frosties, obviously. Yeah. Um, but 
I think for me, with True Joint Adventure books, there is normally like a definitive end, right? Mm. And so f- that's what annoyed me with this, was that there wasn't actually, it wasn't like they said at the end, oh, by the way, this is the actual ending, in terms of, I know that's the whole point, but there wasn't like, right, Clue, remember the Clue, clue yeah. the film? Yeah, well when Bandersnatch came out, everyone was saying Netflix should remake Clue yeah. using the Bandersnatch like model. Yeah, so Clue the movie was ahead of its time because um, it ends and it shows that one of the people did the murders. Yeah. And then it goes. They did the murders. But, but what? A, that's one way it could have ended. But what about this? And then it showed another way. Mm. And then it went. Oh, that was that was interesting, wasn't it? But here's how it actually ended. And then it showed right. the real end of what it is. Sorry, didn't mean to frighten anyone. You're a bit late for that. Then there were three more murders. The whole So I like the fact that they had other ways. Yeah. So I, I would like to have with Band Snatch if they had gone. Just my completest nerd in me. Yeah. By the way, this is the actual. Tell thing. me the answer. Because when when because there was a bit in the in Bandersnatch where um yeah. he's tr- he's communicating with his computer or something, and then one of the options was he's like, "Who are you?" Yeah. And then Netflix comes up, and I thought, "Oh my god, yeah. didn't see that coming." I thought it was going to be this whole thing where we're controlling him, yeah, and it's going to go down this path where it's all about being part of Netflix and all this. It wasn't. It was just that was just one of the options. Nothing really happened. It sort of played out as a joke that bit. Yeah. My favorite ending was the ending where because you sort of think the ending is the, or the best ending, if you like, is, yeah. to, is for him to get five stars from that yeah. little shit. Yeah. When actually yeah. he's reviewing his video game Bandersnatch. When actually the best ending for me is the one where he as a he sort of goes back in time, kind of, but not yeah. really. And he f- gets on the train with yeah. his mum as a yeah. kid. And he then in the present day, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but in the present day, his sort of body dies and he's at peace and he's died with his mum as a kid. And yeah. so that's killed him in the present day. Yeah. If you've played slash watched Bandersnatch, that'll make sense. If you haven't, no. that'll sound like utter gibberish. Yeah. But that was my favourite ending because it felt like a kind of like thematically quite a nice ending. Yeah. But anyway, uh, maybe Bandersnatch will bring back the huge popularity of Choose Your Adventure maybe and well, inspire other versions of yeah, or maybe not because Choose Your Adventure is suing the shit out of Charlie <laughs> Brooker yeah. but I love that because cause people call it Choose Your Adventure yeah. not realising that's actually a company now yeah. and now they're suing them it's like oh calm down guys Like it's bringing it back into the mainstream should be happy shall we sue him or shall we not <laughs> Let's which path will you take um, so according to Choose Your Adventure's Edward Packard the core idea for the series emerged from bedtime stories that he told to his daughters revolving around a character named Pete and his adventures. He said, I had a character named Pete and I usually had him encountering all these different adventures on an isolated island. Pete! (laughs) But that night I was running out of things for Pete to do so I just asked what they would do. Mm. His two daughters came up with different paths for the story to take and Packard thought up an ending for each of the paths. What really struck me was the natural enthusiasm they had for the idea and I thought, could I write this down? (laughs) I like that. I'm sorry. (laughs) I think that that was his concern. Can I write it down? <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. To get a pen and a pad. So I've got a um a few weird moments in children adventure history okay. of um just there's there's a really great great um uh website uh, blog uh, which sort of shows all these um different endings and things mm. and um yeah it just shows how bonkers they got when you really went into it so there's this one called UFO 5450 and apparently it's an unwinnable book you just can't win it right can't beat it so you get abducted from a jetliner by aliens who want to cage you in their galactic zoo but you can't enter their ship Uh, take the wrong path and you may be sent to Soma a solitary confinement for eternity and then so one of the end pages goes the hours stretch into days the days stretch into weeks 
Now you have waited so long that the computer tells you your chances of surviving hibernation are nearly zero. You can only hope that somehow your crystal ship will reach the new planet before you grow old and die, or that you will at last find the Aloha, or that something will happen to fix the ship's hypertime device. But the months go by and nothing changes. You grow more and more depressed as you sit and wait, and finally, disoriented by the incredible loneliness of outer space, you lose all will to survive. The end. Do you know what I mean? This was fucking really fucking. Yeah, this is, this is aimed at children. The incredible loneliness. Or this. You fling yourself through the portal, hoping to get through fast enough to avoid being in the two places at once. But as your legs run forward, your head and shoulders are wrenched behind you in a whirlpool of time moving backward, and at the same time forward, you are swept into eternity. The end. And there's a picture here. So oh no, he's split in half by the door. And his legs are still running, but yeah. he's like, oh no. Yeah, so that's dark, isn't it? Do you know, I was, you know, I was thinking maybe I sort of misjudged these books and I sort of remember them being more traumatic than they actually were. No, these no, are no, these are pretty. Dark. Yeah. Uh, there are ways to win fairly, and you can escape to be reunited with your parents on Earth. Uh, but the whole story here about this planet called Ultima—that's some kind of sort of paradise island. Mm. Yet, no matter what choices you make or how many times you cheat, you just can't get there. Can't get there. Ultima is in the book on page one hundred and one, but the author included no choice at all that allows you to get to that page. <laughs> what so an the, arsehole! So the only way to find Ultima is just randomly through through the pages. Do they just sort of fuck up, or what? Wait, what so, so there's an ending oh, where there you get there, but there's no way to get there. At no point is going to go to page one hundred and one. No. That's got to be just a... I hope it's a fuck-up. Yeah. Uh, there's another one called Hostage. Here's the cover. Describe that cover. It's like... Well, that's horrible. Um, so it's a guy with a... He looks like Bennett from... Um, Commando. Yeah. yeah, he looks like Bennett, Bennett from Commando in Military Fatigues. Yeah. And he's sort of like... Got Edward Furlong in a... <laughs> got Edward Furlong in a chokehold. Yeah, that's a perfect way of describing it. There you go. Right, so in Hostage, uh, a vicious drug cartel led by Marcos invades, invades Washington. It takes your class hostage and takes you... So it's you're a kid, and it's not like, mm. you know... And it takes you to the Biological Research Centre in a plan to steal an apocalyptic virus. Once captured, you have two main options. You work with the terrorists while really sneaking information to the president, shoot the bad guys and rescue your classmates. Or you can just sort of fully work with Marcos and spend the rest of the book as a full-blown terrorist. I quite like that, though. <laughs> I quite like that. It reminds me of... Um, the, 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 I think it's the first Streets of Rage game yeah. on the Mega Drive, where you get all the way to the final level yeah. and the big boss goes you know join me and you and you have a choice yeah and then you have a choice yeah. and you could, and if you say no you just fight him and that's the end of the and if yeah. you beat him that's the end of the game if you say yes you go back three levels but then if you go back but if you complete those three levels again yeah. go back to him again and say yes a second time yeah. you defeat him you then become like the, the new crime boss <laughs> it's Amazing. so good so good but I love that it's like just yeah, just be a, be a dick. Just, just being a just dick. Kill those horrible people. You know, <laughs> nasty. Uh, space and beyond is just ridiculous. So it's beyond. You're born on a spaceship, travelling at sixty-two times the speed of light, causing you to grow into an eighteen-year-old uh, in just three days and two hours. Well, but how can you speak? Uh, there are 44 different endings. Just ignoring that. Some, <laughs> ignoring that question. Some of which, some of which feel like 2001: A Space Odyssey. Uh, Odyssey, but even weirder. Uh, you can fly your spaceship into a black hole. Or you can fly your ship at beyond full speed and merge with a void of space where time itself doesn't exist. Uh, so here are some of the endings. Um, how do you try to convince people to stop polluting their planet when they have just been doing it for so long? Maybe it's, maybe it's a hopeless task at the end. <laughs> Someone just went off on one. They just got a bottle of whiskey on their desk. And they're like, Joe, we uh, need this, this book written by, by five o'clock, you know? And then he's just like... He's putting his thoughts. How, why can't we stop polluting the world? What have we done to the world? What have we done? Maybe it's over to ask. And this is this is 
Yeah. So uh, the light island, the light slash island, appears yeah. as a haven for you, and your space pod comes to rest gently in the warm radiance. You leave the space pod and are greeted by a group of six creatures that change age and features, transforming from babies to old people. Bit weird. It is more than you can understand. It is frightening. <laughs> it is watching the past become the present and the present turn into the future. It is a kaleidoscope of life, endlessly repeating the cycle of birth and death. You realise that it is beginning to happen to you as well. You look down at your hands and they are small and pink, baby's hands. Before your very eyes, they grow and change colour and texture. A rush of time and experience engulfs you. It is not unpleasant, but you have no control over it. Then you are horrified to see the wrinkled skin and dark liver spots of old age appear on your hands. The end. I've got a new tagline for yeah. uh, Two Geeks, Two Beers. It is not unpleasant, but you have no control over it. <laughs> Look at the picture, though. It's a load of, oh. So it's a load of essentially babies in underwear, but yeah. with really old people's faces. Yeah, it's all got an, a bit of an Akira vibe about it. I mean, these these are these are kids' books, and th- these are written clearly by people. But what was going on in Edward Packard's mind? He watched 2001 A Space Odyssey too many times. Yeah. That is what. Then you've got Hyperspace, which is beyond mental. Oh so God. it begins with Professor Carl Zinker moving into your neighbourhood and passing out books on hyperspace to kids, as you do. The professor calls you for help after he tries to enter hyperspace, but instead the hyperspace enters him. I don't even know what that means. No, but it's I don't horrible. even know what that means. If you alert the authorities, the universe is destroyed. I don't know who came up with that rule, but there you go. You end up learning that you are actually a character in a dream, and that if the weird coma patient dream about you wakes up, you'll cease to exist. All right. Think about that. If you accept your fate and allow the dreaming man to wake up, you'll find yourself meeting the protagonist from another Choose Your Own Adventure book, as well as Edward Packard himself, the author <laughs> of the very book you're reading. It says, so this is one of the endings. Unfortunately, the author of this book, Edward Packard, never made it to the sixth dimension. For that reason, he is unable to describe it. Maybe you can, or maybe you can never be described at all. The end. Lazy. Lazy. Eat. Right. How many of these books do you say there were? 200 on it, right? At least, yeah. Yeah, this has got to be like 249 of 250. Lazy. Ah, oh, so good. Um, so I highly recommend the You Chose Wrong Tumblr blog, amazing. which has all these amazing endings. Funnily enough, Incredible. talking about Bennett from Commando, he has that incredible line where he's like, Bennett, I thought you were... Dead. You thought wrong. <laughs> and now I just imagine you that. Chose wrong. Uh, yeah, I was hearing that in Bennett's voice. You chose wrong, John. Bennett, I thought you were dead. You thought wrong. So um, we're now going to do. This is the reason why it was such a shame to lose the episode yeah. the first time round. Yeah. Because we've got three yeah. excellent. Yes. Choose your own adventure books. Wow. Well. Are they choose your own adventure? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Uh, which we're gonna do. We're gonna play live now. Play live. So you played it live before. Mm. So what happened the first time round? So I have no idea. So what, uh, one of them, I got lost. <laughs> I definitely remember there was one where you just lost your page. Yeah, but and then another yeah. one, we died straight away. Yeah. And then I think. Yeah. So, but yeah. but it was long enough ago, and as you say, our, our, our brains are sort well, of uh, befuddled enough by alcohol yeah. that. We've forgotten what we did last time, so yeah. we're not. It, we won't be, you know, led yeah. any down any particular path. We've got three books. I've yeah. got two. You've got one, and they're yeah. all things we've done on episodes on before. Yes, great. So I'm going to start with I reckon Thundercats. Yeah, which is a find your fate fantasy. Yeah, um, it's the Thundercats and the Snowmen of Hook Mountain. Okay, danger, thrills, excitement await you, and the Thundercats when you battle the legendary Lord of the Snows. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the choices are up to you. It's by Megan Stein and H. William Stein. Is that? BRL Stein. No, it's spelt differently, mate. Is it? Yeah. S- Just no relation? No relation. Oh. I okay. think I did this last time, so this will definitely be fresh. Okay, okay, yeah. good. All right. Um, do you want the description of what the book's all about, or should we just get into it? Let's just get into it. Let's right. get straight into okay. it. Come on. All right, come on. Thundercats. Right, Thunder snatch. It's a big intro, so... Okay. 
And I'm really sorry, I'm already drunk, so I'll do, I'll do my very best. The tequila. I just like, what was it, um, Jack and Nori? Yeah, it's like drunk Jack and Nori. Yeah. Didn't they do that? What was that drunk one they did on Dave? What was that? I don't think it was drunk, it was just grown up. <laughs> yeah, what was it that? It was like for adults. Crackanori. 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 Yeah. This is Drunkanori. Many galaxies away, many years in the future, lived the Thundercats. Thundercats. Learning that their planet, Thundera, was doomed for destruction, the Thundercats set out doomed to... Doomed for destruction. Doomed for destruction. Right. The Thundercats set out to make a new life in another part of the universe. They formed a caravan of spaceships, led by the elder Jaga. Jaga? He's got the moves like Jaga. The wise. In Jaga's ship were the other nobles of Thundera. Tigra, master of camouflage. Cheetara. Cheetara? Cheetara. The swift. Panthro. <laughs> Sorry. You're going to see the look Tom shot me there. <laughs> the, swift. Like, the swift. I don't know what that means. She can run real fast. Panthro, martial arts expert. Yeah. Mischievous Wily Kips. Willy Kips? Wily. Wily. Never why are you, why are you reading this? Wily Kit and Wily Cat. I can't remember Wily Kit. Oh yeah. Wily Kit and Wily Cat. Yeah. And the faithful old Snarf. Snarf. They were all sworn to serve and protect the youngest passenger on board, Lion-O, hereditary lord of the Thundercats and keeper of the Mystic Sword of Omens. Go back to episode two, Thundercats. You should. That's all this really is. It's yeah. just a plug to get us, get you to listen to our old episodes. On the journey, however, the Thundercats were pursued and attacked by the evil mutants of the planet Plundar, Plundar. led by the reptilian Slythe. Yes! The mutants were, dis- were determined to possess the magical Eye of Thundera embedded in the hilt of the sword. The battle between the Thundercats and the mutants was fierce, and only Jaga's flagship made it through. But the ship was so badly damaged that the Thundercats couldn't complete the journey to their original destination. Panthro quickly replotted their course for a closer planet called Third Earth. It's like a whole description of Thundercats. <laughs> do, we need to, do we really need to read this? Is just sort of just let's just let's just do it. This is just summing up the premise of Thundercats. Well, so the far. Thundercats lay sleep. This is. I feel like I'm reading to my kids. <laughs> well, the Thundercats lay sleeping in suspension. suspension. like an enormous cat's head. As Lino approached, the head began to revolve and Lino knew that Panthro was inside, using the head's tracking telescopes to search the sky. It's as dark as night outside, Lino cried as he raced into the control room. <laughs> he just runs in going, it's as dark as night outside, <laughs> Cry, he cried. <laughs> There's something big out there, Panthro said. His eyes were glued to the telescope monitors. It's dumping so much power into the atmosphere that the whole sky has turned dark, Ty- Tiger explained. Uh, it's done as... It's d- <laughs> I've done an I've done an atmospheric analysis, Chitara said. I know what the th- I know, and I know what that thing is. She handed a computer printout to Tigra. But I don't know if I believe what the analysis is telling me. Turn to page eight. No choice. Just no, no choice. No choice. Good start. What's the point? Oh, no. <laughs> what is the point? Tigra read the printout. It's a meteor and it's almost thunderillion. It's almost thunderillion. It's almost pure thunder. Oh, okay. He cried as a ball of fire he raced cried. across the like observation the windows time. in the control room. Look at the size of it, Lino said with a whistle. <laughs> with a whistle? <laughs> Look at the size of that. <laughs> yeah, that's what, yeah, there you yeah. go. It must be a big chunk of thunder that's floated down to third earth, Wiley Kit. Well, that's nonsense, that's them. nonsense, first of all, because they, they went to suspension capsules, so presumably they were travelling for like fucking yeah. thousands of years, yeah. and then this Why lump... Why is it only of, just... But like, what, and this lump has just met, a lump of meteor has made it the, that journey all that way, is it? Uh, like all bullshit. That's good news for us, Panthero said. I didn't want to tell you guys, but we're low on thunder, William. Almost dry, in fact. Panthro, try to put the meteor in, Lino said. I am trying, Panthro said, as he worked the control board. But I don't have enough power. In fact, it just went whizzing by us. What should I do now? Keep tracking it, Lino said. We've got to find out where it leads. So, if you want the meteor to come down in the living ooze, 
Not ooze. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. So if you want the meteor to come down in living ooze, yeah. turn to page 32. If you want it to land on Hook Mountain, home of the snowmen, turn to page 30. If you want it to land in the Cave of Eternity, turn to page 44. I want to meet the snowmen. <laughs> you want to meet the snowmen? I definitely want to meet the snowmen. Okay. Page 30 we go. All right. So, a moment later, all the lights in the cat's lair went out. Say goodbye to the main power, Panthro said. Our Thunder Ilium supply is gone. Now I'm tracking the meteor on reserve. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, the Thunder Ilium supply is already gone? Yeah. Panthro was like, it just I do want to tell you guys, but luckily this meteorite's turned up. <laughs> if you hadn't told them, it yeah, was like just about to go. Just died instantly. Yeah. Uh, look, Lino said, watching the monitor. It's heading for the for Hook Mountain. Uh, the giant meteor slid across the icy mountain, burning a path through the snow as it went. As soon as it stopped, Lino announced that he would go after the meteor alone. Of course. Obviously. Classic Lino. Yeah. Hold on, Lino, Tigra said. None of us have ever been to Hook Mountain. We don't know what it's like up there. And we know even less about the mysterious snowmen of Hook Mountain, <laughs> Wally Cat said with a shiver. I've heard that they are savage and proud, Chitara said. That's right, Old Snarf said. Oh, how does he do his voice? Oh, who, know, who knows what trouble you get into without me looking to protect you, Snarf? Very good. Go to page 31, right next to it. <laughs> <laughs> Lino began to laugh. <laughs> Why look, that's so pointless? Why did I do that? Go to the next page. Look on the next page. You don't even have to turn the page. It's actually the, the, the opposite page. <laughs> Lino began to laugh. Ha! <laughs> but then he stopped himself. I'm not a kid anymore, Snarf. I'm the Lord of the fucking Thundercats. Put that in. Yeah, if that's, that meteor, that's like, yeah. If that meteor is made of Thunderillion, we need it. And I'll get it. Snowmen or no snowmen. If you think Lino should go to, to Hook Mountain alone, turn to page 48. If you think he should take someone with him, turn to page 72. I think he should ride solo. Yeah? Yeah. And ran solo. Exactly, but I, I don't really understand how they know about the Snowman of Hook Mountain, if we've yeah. never met the Snowman of Hook Mountain. Just looked on Google, or...? Also, I've just noticed this book is called Thundercats and, and the, the Snowman same. of Hook so Mountain. So I think you were... I think eventually it would have... Yeah. We've, we've just taken the shortcut. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, you would have ended up there. When I locate the meteor, I'll use a sword to call you, Lino said. Bring the Thunder Tank, and we'll load the meteor onto it. Then Chitara put a red cape around Lino's shoulders. To keep you warm, she said. But good luck. It was my father's. A cape. Oh. Were they were they getting on? Oh no, he's Lino like, and Chitara. He's like twelve, isn't he? Yeah, but look at him. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's like morally murky. Oh, right. It's like it's big more... Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lino smiled. Thundercats, ho he said before leaving. That's not that's rude, Chitara. Yeah. <laughs> Thundercats forever, the others the others said as they watched their leader go. Lino walked for two days and arrived at Hook Mountain on a hot, sunny afternoon. But as he began to scale the mountain, a cold fog set in around him. As he climbed higher, the air grew colder, the snows deeper, and the wind stronger. The white drifts of snow looked like cresting waves frozen in midair. Lino stopped suddenly. Even with the, the loud wind whipping him, he was sure he had heard a sound from behind. Just the wind? Was it a voice? If you think Lino should go back to see what the sound was, turn to page 52. If you think he should go ahead, turn to page 41. What's that noise? I want to know what the noise is. You want to know what the noise check is? Out, check out the noise. So, go to 52. Yeah. Lino inched his way cautiously back down Hook Mountain. With the snow so deep and the wind so strong, it was hard to tell just where the mountain ended and the storm took over. A wrong step wasn't just dangerous, it'd be fatal. There's that sound again, Lino said, looking around. There was a strange buzz in the air, almost louder than the wind, but I can't see anything except snow and more snow. Suddenly, something moved, and moved quickly. Before Lino knew it, a creature had a grip on his leg. Lino still couldn't see through the snow, but he could feel the creature wrapping itself around his legs, and then coiling up quickly around his body. It's some kind of snake, and it's covered with thick white fur. No wonder I couldn't see it in the snow, Lino cried out, because he's talking to himself for some reason. <laughs> The huge cobra-like snake made another move, and in a blink it was wrapped all the way up to Lino's throat. Turn to page 14. No uh, choice. No choice. No You've choice. got it. The snake... Oh, it's a picture. 
Very nice. It's exciting. The snake creature tightened all the muscles of its long body, trying to squeeze the life out of Lino. This beast is incredibly strong, like no ordinary snake. Lino, <laughs> if, I was, if I was being choked by a snake, <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be narrating the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, using all of his strength, Lino slowly began to raise his arms. As though surprised by Lino's power, the creature loosened its grip for a second. That was all the time Lino needed. He freed his arms and grabbed at the beast. This snow snake struggled with all its power, hissing and spitting at Lino. But the Thundercat Lord was stronger, and finally Lino threw the snake over the cliff. It sailed silently down toward the foot of Hook Mountain. Aye! <laughs> shouted a voice below. What was that? Lino said to himself. That's what I'm saying to myself. Is it Ali G? <laughs> if you think Lino should investigate the noise, send to page 71. If you think he should ignore the voice and continue up the mountain, send to page 22. I want to know who said Who the fuck was that? Aye! 71. To follow the mysterious voice he heard, Lino had to go back down the mountain. Was it another strange creature? Would Lino at last face the fierce snowmen of Hook Mountain? Or could it be one of the mutants following him? They would jump at any opportunity to get Lino alone and steal the Sword of Omens. Lino crouched behind a snowdrift to wait for his unknown opponents. Then he sprang out. Snarf! Old Snarf oh, yelled. I regret my decision. And leaped into the air. <laughs> First a big furry snake hits me on the head. Now you jump out and get a living daylight out of me. Snarf, you shouldn't have followed me, you prick. And you shouldn't have yelled. <laughs> That's not in the book. That's not in the said, book. Look, you started an avalanche. Run, you dick. <laughs> Enormous chunks of snow and ice came rolling down the top of Hook Mountain and swept the two Thundercats up like a broom. Lino and Snarf were caught in the middle of the giant snowball, bouncing and spinning towards the bottom of the mountain. Please, Lionel, don't scare me again. I sound like James Stewart all the time. Uh, 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 please, Lionel. Uh, snarf, snarf. Uh, please, Lionel. Can't we just maintain the status quo? <laughs> I don't want to start another avalanche. Snarf said. It's a chunk of... <laughs> and James Stewart as Snarf. It's a chunk of Thunderillium, you slut, Lionel said excitedly. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> do, you know what it, do you know what that means? Yes. It means we can take this rock and go home, Snarf said. No, it means that the meteor that fell here must be enormous. Enough to last us for a long time, and we're very near it. If you want Lino to take the small piece of Thunderillium and leave, turn to page 33. If you think you should go back up Hook Mountain and get the meteor, turn to page 40. Oh, take the Thunderillium and leave. Alright, we want to get out of there, 63. <laughs> Snarf, said Lino. If we take the small chunk of Thunderillium, it will last us a little while. My thinking, exactly, Snarf said. But that means we'll have to come back for the rest of the meteor very soon. And that means taking on Hook Mountain and the Snowmen eventually. I knew there was something about my plan I didn't like, Snarf said. Maybe we'll just be getting, maybe, we, maybe we'll just better get it over with. So it's just overruled what we just asked it to do. Yeah. We said we don't want to go and get it, and it's like, well, let's just do it anyway. Yeah. Like, overriding our choices. Lionel's answer was silenced by the growling eye of Thundera. There is danger, Snarf, Lionel said, lifting the sword's hilt. How do you like the Lair's new colour scheme, Lino? Panther asked. It's called Complete Darkness. <laughs> Alright, sucky bitch. Such a prick. <laughs> <laughs> what Panthro means is we're out of power. Even the, exor- even the auxiliary is gone. Also, Panther. this is Panthro's fault because he's yeah. the one who didn't tell them yeah. that the power Ten is Ten months ago, mate. And the mutants are very near, Lino said. The Sword of Omens told me that. You can always count on them to hit us when we're down, Jitara said. Just let them try, Wily Cat said, making a fist. Hurry, put this in the energy modules, Lino said, handing Panthro a small chunk from the Thunderillion meteor. Looks like Snarf and I just arrived in time. Suddenly, the cat's lair shook violently. Not exactly, Chitara said, picking himself herself up from the floor. The battle had already begun. Turn to page 66. Oh, Fucking no choices man. going on here. 
Sorry, guys. <laughs> if you think the Thundercats should use their energy to f for the lasers, turn to page 10, yeah. you, you like you've lost the will to live. Yeah, little bit. If you think they should this, this use... This bollard tequila's looking more and more attractive. If you think they should use it to seal up the cat's lair, turn to page 23. Uh, I think seal up the cat's lair. Okay. New beer. Oh, you know it. You know what? I might have another tequila. <laughs> Go on. Alright, I might have one too. Join you in it. Yeah. This has gone on longer than we yeah. expected. If you're going to do this, you're going to do it properly. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to cheat. <coughs> oh, God, it's so horrible. I'm going to regret this. <coughs> I don't know why I'm doing this. It's because this, this is going on so long. Yeah. Carry on. I'll, 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 I'll right. drink the tequila halfway through. You'll hear it when I do. We're taking a pounding, Wally Cat said. <laughs> When, can, Sorry, we, when can we give a little bit back? I'm so drunk. <laughs> Don't waste your energy on your mouth. You may need it for your fist. <laughs> That's what she said. This suddenly got really filthy. Then Esther Slythe called them. Who? Then is look S S Slythe. Slythe called to them from a flying machine circling the cat's lair. How was that? Rank. Horrible, isn't it? Oh, Surrender the sword, hell. Thundercats, or we will show you no mercy. In frustration, Panthro pounded the control board in front of him. Then, almost as though the board were afraid to disappoint Panthro, it suddenly flickered to life. Hey, we've got power, Panthro called. Then he fired one neat, clean, directly on shot target. Directly on target shot, rather. <laughs> that crippled the mutant ship. They've got their Thunderillium. We've been fooled, Slide shouted. Retreat, you idiots, before you get me killed. Well, I guess it will be a long time before they try a dirty trick like that again, Lino said as the mutants flew off. I wish that that were true, Lino, Chitara said, but mutants are persistent and sly. But they have a weakness, their memory, Lino said with a smile. They keep forgetting that we're the Thundercats. The end! We did it! We, beat hey, it. we did it! We did it! Hey. So I think that was the way to beat it, is it? I think we've done it first time. Well, we, complete, knocked, we knocked it out the fucking point. park, mate. There we go. Yeah. Done. Ah, oh, well, amazing. Alright, your turn. High five. High five. Alright. Alright. So I am reading okay. uh, for your delectation. Yeah, uh, it's a find your fate yeah. uh, book number yeah. twelve in the series, uh, based on the sensational yeah. new 007 film A View to a Kill, famously one of the one of the greatest James Bond yeah. films. Uh, James Bond in Strike It Deadly, which sounds like a mid nineties uh, ITV quiz show. <laughs> This is Roger Moore, right? <laughs> it is Roger Moore. It's yeah. Roger Moore's final film, in which, okay. in which he was 58 years old. Um, it's by uh, Barbara and Scott Siegel. Okay. Uh, yeah. Husband and wife, brother and sister. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, you're about to go on a secret mission as James Bond, secret agent 007. You may have heard of him. Never. A murder detective, a beautiful woman in trouble, mad computer genius, and a plan to destroy half of California. These are pieces in a deadly puzzle that you must put together. Your mission 007 begins on page one. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So, there's a lovely little sketch there. Roger Moore. Oh, in a very in nice a, sketch. In a, in a, yeah. in a little, little car, back yeah. of the car. Paris, France. You have just arrived at Charles de Gaulle Airport in Paris. You look at your watch and frown. It's nearly eight o'clock. As James Bond, Agent 007, you have a license to kill. You'd have a license to be late. <laughs> don't be a prick about Come it. On. Be a bit professional in your job. The man you're meeting said 8.30. Sharp. Uh, Luckily, an empty taxi pulls over just as you're coming out of the airport terminal. You jump right into the cab and say, You'll take me to the Eiffel Tower. The burly driver nods and closes the glass partition behind him. You relax. There's very little traffic. It looks as if you're making it plenty of time. 
But then suddenly, steel clamps spring out from behind you, grabbing your arms and pinning you tightly against the back seat. Oh shit. You're a prisoner. The driver looks in his rearview mirror, gives you an evil smile, and then pushes a button on the dashboard, releasing a sweet-smelling green gas that begins to fill the back of the cab. You start to choke. <coughs> Taxi driver's grinning at you now. Prick. <laughs> he expects you to scream, to cry out, to beg, but instead, you bend your head down, and with your teeth, pull a pen out of your shirt pocket. <laughs> driver looks puzzled. You turn the pen in your teeth, and then, with a toss of your head, flip it towards the partition. Turn to page two. Bear in mind, I'm on page one. I was gonna. But I was gonna. I love that the driver looked at him puzzled, but didn't cry out. He's getting his pen out of his pocket. It explodes. <laughs> the pen, that is. The pen, right. The force of the blast opens the steel clamps and sends you and the entire back seat hurtling out of the cab. What? <laughs> okay. You're fine. Though the taxi is now a blazing junk heap, you land safely. In cushioned comfort. <laughs> right on the back seat, just off the roadway. You stand up and straighten your tie. I hope he wasn't expecting a tip. <laughs> well, it's time for a witty one-liner. Yeah, of course. Well, Mr. Bond, what are you going to do next? If you decide to hurry to your 8.30 meeting in the Eiffel Tower, turn to page 7. If you decide and said that you had better go to the taxi company and investigate this attempt on your life, turn to page 12. All right, well, let's... let's uh, he wouldn't be affected by that. He'll just go to his mission. So and he has no license to be late. Yeah, so let's so, go to Eiffel Tower. Let's go to page 7. Right. <laughs> You're accustomed to attempts on your life. Oh, you said. So you decide to hurry for your date at the Eiffel Tower. You spot a man at the foot of the famous French landmark holding a small package in one hand. Oh, well. And a bouquet of white roses in the other. That's the signal you were told to look for. He's obviously the detective that your superior M sent you here to meet. Monsieur Aubergine? Monsieur Aubergine. All right, okay. You ask. Nice and conspicuous. Ah, Mr. Bond, exclaims the detective as he looks down at his watch. You're right on time. Thank goodness. I have something very important to tell you. And this package is for you. <laughs> oh. I'm not uh, dreaming. That's, that's Sean Connery. <laughs> you look around. It's very crowded at the base of the tower, and a killer could e- easily be lurking nearby. Yeah. Because why wouldn't they? Yeah. Remembering your recent deadly ride, you decide to play it safe. Why don't we go someplace else to talk? You suggest. Picking up the package that you are certain contains briefing information, and probably the latest inventions from Q, the Secret yeah. Service's master inventor. Good idea, agrees Aubergine. <laughs> There's a club up the street with a popular stage show. It's noisy and dark. No one will pay any attention to us there. Come. You sure this isn't a low, a low, low? <laughs> Turn to page 14. Oh. You cannot tell me that a Frenchman in a Roger Moore Bond movie would not speak like that. Oh, yeah, good point. It is dark in the club that Aubergine takes you to. And very noisy. <laughs> There's a female singer bellowing out a comical song while a colourful butterfly puppet on strings keeps flitting about near her head. The audience is roaring with laughter and you're having a hard time hearing what Aubergine is saying. He pulls out a folder and shows you a picture of an intense young man. This is Zorin, he says. Max Zorin, the industrialist, you ask? Right. We had an operative in sit... (laughs) We had an operative inside his company. Zorin has a plan to take over the world's microchip production. If he succeeds, he'll control all the computers on Earth. And anyone who controls computers controls the world. You point at another picture in the file of a striking black woman with close with close cropped. You point at another picture in the file of a striking black woman with close cropped hair. Is this Grace Jones? It's Grace Jones. <laughs> Who's that? You shout over the noise. Who's that? You shout over the noise as the puppet swoops over the audience. That is Grace Jones. <laughs> She's had a few hit singles and a modelling career. 
<laughs> they call her Midday, Aubergine tells you. Lovely, but lethal. Probably KGB, but as of now she works with Zorin. Just how is Mr. Zorin going to cash in on chips? You ask over the noise. <laughs> We're not sure. That is what you must find out, Mr. Bond. You must go to San Francisco. You must see Stacy Sutton. These are the last words you can make out as the butterfly puppet suddenly swerves away from the singer <laughs> on the stage and flies right at Aubergine. Hurry and turn to page 19. <laughs> Look out! You shout. What? He says, unable to hear you. It's too late. A needle sticking out of the bu- butterfly puppet strikes right. Aubergine in the forehead oh, and his eyes grow wide. He tries to speak, but he can't. The needle's poisoned and it kills him almost instantly. Mm. You look up above the stage to the scaffolding and see the hooded puppet. <laughs> the hooded. You look up above the stage into the scaffolding and see the hooded puppeteer fleeing. Well, there's only two ways out of the club: the mm. front door or through the kitchen at the back. Which way will the killer try to escape? All right. Well, kitchen sounds more exciting. So let's let's. I can, I can imagine a big chase through a kitchen. Yeah. So let's do that. I think there's one in Quantum of Solace, isn't there? Yeah. Not that that's necessarily no. a, a reference point for excitement. No. But, but let's do it. Okay. So we'll tr- if you decide to head the killer off at the kitchen, turn to page twenty-eight. All right. Uh, you barrel through the stringing doors of the kitchen, right behind the fleeing puppeteer. Waiters, waitresses and white-clad chefs scurry to get out of your way. You gain on the killer. His bulky costume and flapping hood slow him down. As he turns a corner around... Wait, what? <laughs> as he turns a corner around... What? You gotta read it word for word. As he turns a corner around a huge oven, he seems to slip. Should be a comma there. Yeah. As he turns a corner around... A- <laughs> what? <laughs> As he turns around, there's, a, there's an oven. Yeah, there's an oven there. Right. And, he, and he slips up. All right. This is your chance. But just as you're about to dive for his feet to tackle him, a frying pan slams down on your head. Oh, God. You didn't think the murderer was working alone, did you? And now the puppeteer and his accomplice pick you up and stuff you into the giant oven. What? <laughs> yeah. It was a half-baked idea. <laughs> nice. To stop the killer in the kitchen. Now it's fully baked. And so are you. The end. What? James Bond just dies in an oven? He gets baked. He gets cooked. James Bond gets cooked. Imagine that. The end credits. Yeah. Imagine if that was how you two a kill ended. That's the end of the James Bond franchise. Wow. You get shoved in a, a giant oven and cooked alive. Roger Moore. Well, there you go. Frying tonight. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so we beat one. We lost instantly on that one. Yeah. So let's see what happens in our third book. Reboot. Reboot. Adventure game. It says virtual life. I don't know who did this because it's by Hodder Children's Book so it's not Find Your Fate it's not Choose Your Adventure I think they just went rogue and did their own one before we start I should probably mention one of our longest fans mm. uh, Rob Vegman on Twitter on Twitter he, he's actually um, doing a sort of retrospective reboot blog mm. which is brilliant so highly recommend that lostinthenet94.blogspot.com check it out yeah, yeah. reviewing every single episode of Reboot yeah. check it out guys good idea for podcast huh? <laughs> All right, so this came out written by Dave Morris in 1994. The reboot must have been relatively big. <laughs> it had its own At peak, Right. <clears throat> Dot's diner is even more crowded than usual. Outside, a fierce electrical storm is raging. The sky flickers with printed circuit patterns and fizzing neon signs swing crazily to and fro in the wind. But inside the diner, it is comfortable. The place is packed with sprites and Enzo is helping out because of the rush. Every few nanoseconds, the door opens and more of them bustle in out of the wet. Wait at the bar! More French. Great, more, Cecil is saying. More offensive French. He ordered the cold cola! Eventually, the storm dies down and the customers slope off back to their homes. Leaving Cecil to close up, Enzo goes to bed. 
The next morning, Enzo has quite a surprise. He looks out the window, he sees that the whole city is covered in weird fractal vegetation. Don't know what that means. Access, page 10. I feel like these these books, there's a lot of like, <laughs> little little things, yeah. tricks going on where they're like, turn to page 12 like it's your choice. Yeah. How many choices am I actually yeah, making? Yeah, yeah. Tab it. Where did these plants come from, wonders Enzo. The whole city's covered in them. There are huge purple fronds. Fronds? Fronds. Covering the pavement and pulsating ivy, as thick and tough as steel cables, cord around every building. The streets are choked with a sort of glowing crimson moss that looks like foam. I don't know what could have caused it, says Dot. She tries to pour a cool shake, but the machine is clogged by toadstools with strange geometric shapes. Bob would know what to do, said Enzo. Yes, she agrees, but where is he? I'm going to the principal office to see what Fong has to say. She goes out, pausing just long enough to get a knife to help her cut her way through the chaotic undergrowth. Enzo decides he'd better go looking for Bob. Obviously, Bob's the guy's name. Bob's the boy. If you want to go see Fong, access page 37. But I think we both know if you'd rather go along with Enzo, access page 28. Page 28, mate. Yeah. Access, though, I like that. Yeah. Access page 28. Enzo has to find Bob. He scratches his head. It's a big city, he thinks. Not that Enzo's ever seen any other city. Fish <laughs> it, isn't it? <laughs> where could Bob be? He makes his way outside where sprites are struggling around the thick plants in an effort to get to work. If you think Enzo should look for Bob at Silicon Tor, access page 2, if you think he should get Frisket, his dog, to sniff him out, access page 11, on the other hand, Bob's sure to show up whenever the next game appears, so maybe Enzo should just wait, in which case, access page 19. Just chill and wait. Should wait for a game? Wait for a game, yeah. Alright. Wait for a game. It's like you waited too long and you died. It's <laughs> not my fault. <laughs> Outside in the streets, there is a familiar chiming sound that makes everyone look up in fright. Above, they see the outlines of a massive GameCube descending ponderously through a flickering sky. Warning, incoming game, announces the unnaturally calm voice that sends a shiver through every sprite in mainframe. They think of games as terrible disasters like fires or earthquakes in our world. Enzo is full of excitement though, he loves games. Before Dot has a chance to stop him, he runs forward eagerly to get inside the zone before the cube reaches ground level. Enzo, come back here right now, Dot yells after him. Just then, a familiar figure shrieks through the sky towards the descending cube. It's Bob, yes, Enzo cries. Bob. Access page 49. Again, not a choice. Not a choice. More direction. Bob and Enzo find themselves at a horse race course. All right. The GameCube has changed all their surroundings, but it hasn't got rid of the dense vegetation. Tall spraying ferns make the place look more like a greenhouse than a race course. A jockey swaggers forward. That's in a, a horse jockey, not a disc jockey. His face is blank and his body is made up of moving blocks of colour. That's our opponent, muttered Bob. But no, didn't say hello to Enzo, I think. Just, you know, get on with it, mate. Rude. The jockey presses his belt and a horse blips into existence beside him. He climbs into the saddle. Bob yells, reboot, and does the same. The race is about to begin, but Enzo hesitates. What's the point of getting a horse? He thinks to himself, staring along the overgrown race course in dismay. It will just be impossible to ride through it all in all those ferns and bushes. If you think Enzo had better get a horse anyway, access page seven. If you think he'd better, he's been better off on foot, access page sixteen. I think he should get a horse. Yeah. Stop his whinging and get him a horse. Yeah, get on it. Hang on, just make sure I'm on the right page. Don't lose your page again. Got lost last time. Page seven. Reboot, yells Enzo instinctively as he hears the starter's pistol. Delay in mounting the horse means he is in third place, but it is such a slow going but it is such slow going on the overgrown course that he soon catches up with Bob in the faceless jockey. This is hopeless, moans Bob, as his horse stops to chew some plants. Call it a race? You better be you better. <laughs> We'd be better off on snails. 
Oh no, roll a die. We, what? We don't have a die? Oh, what? What the fuck is that? You. They're not right, there must be a thing on the internet where it's like a, a virtual Oh, dice. perfect, okay, yeah. Oh, virtual, must be, virtual. I, did, you did, well, I didn't know this was going to happen. Nah, I'm, I'm annoyed. Here we go. Oh, perfect. Perfect, perfect. rolling. Give me a two. two. Okay. If you score one or two, access page 43. Hey. This is exciting, this is great. The internet solves all of our problems. Yeah, page 43. Every time Enzo's horse stops, he gets out of the saddle and gives it a shove. Finally, he reaches the finishing post. Can we just stop and think, the dice thing, that's not fair, is it? Because it's like, that's chance now. We're, that is pure yeah, chance. This isn't, yeah. yeah I'm not making, we've made no choices no. so far. We've either been directed yeah. or it's pure chance. The race has taken so long that most of the spectators have gone to sleep. Still, Enzo what? is a little cheered on to see that he's won. Game over, a voice announces as the GameCube disappears. Not what you'd call a photo finish, says Bob as he runs up. Access page 75. Again, just, just telling us what to do. The GameCube fades away. Did you score any stars during the game? If you got three stars, you count as a champion player. What? Two stars earn you the title of master player. One star counts as expert. If you didn't get any stars, you're just a novice. But keep practicing. We didn't get any stars. I didn't even got any stars. Man. It's not fair. Time we got. Time we go back to the diner. Says Bob. Access page twenty nine. Well, that's not. That's, we didn't. Did I get lost again? Nah, no, I think you might have done, but. Bob, Enzo, and Dot sit at the window of the diner and gaze out glumly into the street. <laughs> the riotous plant life is growing as thickly as ever. The skyscrapers are covered in moss and ivy, which makes them look like mounds of compost instead of buildings. We've got to do something, says Dot. The city's getting choked to a standstill. I know we'll find the answer in the anarchic wastes, says Bob. Ladies and gentlemen, please wait until the stage. The anarchic wastes. But what if we go there and the city gets completely smothered in plants while we're away? They discuss their options. If you believe that they should go to the anarchic wastes anyway, access page 14. Dot wonders if it would be worth seeing whether Hexadecimal knows anything about the plants. And if you agree, then access page 4. If you think they ought to just cut the vegetation down, access page 23. I think go to the anarchic wastes. Yeah, yeah. just intrigued as what that means. Go to page 14. Bob and Dot climb onto their zip boards. Can I go with you? asks Enzo. His mouth droops because he already knows the answer. Bob shakes his head. It's too dangerous, mate. Dot, Dot, smiles. Yeah. Dot smiles and puts a consoling arm on her brother's shoulder. Somebody has to mine a diner, she says. Enzo nods dejectedly. He waves, as, he waves as Dot and Bob go flying off into the distance, towards the icy wilderness in the north. What will they find in the anarchic waste? Access page 51 to find out. Again. It's disappointing. Bob and Doc gaze out across the anarchic wastes. Is it is a desert? <laughs> it is a desert. I can hardly pavlova. It is a desert of numbing whiteness. <laughs> a freezing wind gusts across the landscape, blowing misty plumes of snow off the endless hill. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage. Misty plumes. <laughs> misty plumes of snow <laughs> off the endless ice-locked hills. I'm so drunk. Brr! It's Dot's only comment. As they fly on, the wind picks up. Flurries of snow come thick and fast. A blizzard, Bob calls back over his shoulder. His voice is only just audible over the keening wind. Dot catches up, tugs his sleeve, and points to a cave a cave mouth. Shall we take shelter until it blows over? What do you think? Should they shelter in the cave? Access page 44. Or fly on? Page 35. Fly on, mate. Fly, fly on. Page 35. There's another tequila for you. Oh, God. Is this my punch? I've lost it. Page 35. Page 35, don't forget. 
why are we doing this to ourselves? <laughs> it's so disgusting. It's so bad. It takes me back to being at uni and yeah. thinking, I've got to do this to make friends. <laughs> <sighs> this is disgusting. <laughs> it's just going to make me reading this even harder, by the way. It's going to make you, make you reading this even harder. Soon, the snowstorm is so fierce that Bob and Doc can hardly see anything except a constant swirling white haze. The wind buffets them so hard that it's difficult to control their zip boards. It feels so cold that it's as if a pack of gnolls is sucking the energy out of them. Oh. Things look bad. Yeah, things look bad, don't they? Sorry, I just had my next shot. Roll a dice. <coughs> it, all right, okay. I'm going to roll again. All right, yeah. Uh. Got five this time. Oh, nice. Uh, if you score three to six, access page forty-five. They are lost. <laughs> Numbing cold clamps around them like a vice. They no longer have any strength. Bob sees Doc go spiraling down weakly to a land in a to land in a snowdrift. He follows. It's like the snow mountain with the snowmen. It's quite similar, isn't yeah. it? He follows, staggering off his board to fall beside her. Must get up, he mumbles through frozen lips. Darkness falls over the silence of the icy wastes. Unfortunately, your adventure has ended in a catastrophe. Don't waste any time. Go back to the start and try again. Just cross off any access codes or game stars you've got at this time, then access page one. So you just died in horrible snow. You just died, froze to death. So don't waste any time. Go back to the start and try again. Just cross off any access codes or game stars you've got this time, then access page one. I feel like there's an added layer to this game that we've totally missed. Maybe. Well, that's a horrible death. <laughs> so, die in a snowstorm, or you get killed in an oven. <laughs> yeah. Or we, we beat the first one at the very you're least. You're hot, or you're cold. You're yes, or you're no. You're in, or you're out. You're up, then you're down. Wow. Well, that was fun, kids. <laughs> Thanks for listening to yeah. another episode of Two Geeks, Two Beers. <laughs> well, I had fun. I don't know about you, but that was... That was... Uh, <laughs> I'm just drunk from the tequila. I'm very drunk. Yeah. I'm very... I may... We have yeah. how how long have we been doing this podcast? Um, at least three years. Three years. I if think. Not more. I think I'm the drunkest I've ever. Well, been. you you've had a massive proper job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've had a massive proper job. You've had a can of. Uh, I'm still making my way through this maker, can of pathmaker. And at least one shot of uh, tequila. Two me. So I've had three shots of tequila and this, but you, I think overall you've had more. Yeah. You've got that weird little smirk on your face where you're a little bit drunk. Oh dear. Anyway, uh, I had fun. I'm so glad this is committed to audio. Yeah. Um, well, if you enjoyed that, yeah. well done. Uh, <laughs> head back to all 50 previous episodes. Yeah. Two Geeks. 15 a bit. Two Beers. Dot com. And you, sub- you can subscribe and rate us via iTunes or Deezer or any yeah. other places we do yeah. podcasts. Can you that. review us on other. Yeah, I'm sure you can. Definitely can on iTunes. Yeah, yeah please I do. I definitely should on iTunes. Please but. Do. but you know, give it a go on those other platforms. Why not? Yeah, um, and we're on social as well. We are uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all Two Geeks Cast. Check it out. We'll uh, post photos from this episode on there after it's released. Yeah, there'll be a lovely little photo of me with the yeah. uh, bottle of tequila yeah. with the sombrero. Um, and we're also now, as you hear this, on Patreon. Mm. This is very exciting because it turns out if you actually have a podcast worth its salt, you've got to be on Patreon. And we why do we have one then? Oh yeah, good point. Good point. No, uh, we're on there just because you know 
any help we can get would be fantastic. Any sort of support you can give us, and mm. we're gonna have lots of like exclusive goodies on there. Yeah, we're not ask. We're not asking something for nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's a bonus episode which you can only get on Patreon. Yep. like a nice a nice little teaser, and we'll have like outtakes and bloopers and pilot episodes of future ideas we've got and. Yeah. Just, just great stuff, and great stuff. and if and on certain levels you can get you get a shout out, and if you give us the biggest amount, which you can look at if you go on there, we'll do a whole episode of your choosing, just for you, yeah, just so, for you, exclusive, and also it's worth mentioning again that we're not making money off of this. No. There, if if you do contribute yeah. to the show, and thank you very much, it all goes back into uh, paying for you know, recording equipment yeah. and. Travel, all travel, sorts. yeah, 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 yeah all, little all bits and pieces. It all, it all adds up, yeah. and um, we love doing it. But any support you can give is always welcome. Much appreciated. Yeah. So uh, head to our website and social for more details on that. Right. Uh, so to end this uh, podcast, it was a tough one. I was like, who? What the hell do you pick for this? But it turns out there is a band called Choose Your Own Adventure. Perfect. Um, and I picked. They did a song called "A Song About the Goonies." Which itself should be a future episode, The Goonies. Oh, it will happen. So um, we'll end you with this. From 2002, this came out. Uh, enjoy. And uh, yeah. Um, sorry for how drunk we are, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Whichever path you take, yeah. don't end up like us. No. That's yeah. my advice. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, see you next time. Cheers. Good night. Bucket. There's other ways to go They always say It's their time for a But it's our time down here Down the fireplace Find the rich stop We'll find ourselves along the way Who says nothing ever happens Cause I found the key to the one I will hate Cause it's our time down here So let's not waste it Cause it's our time down here The goodies
Well, that was that was unexpected. Intense. I quite enjoyed it though. Yeah. 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 The album, by the way, Songs from the Heart. <laughs> Lovely. Very heartfelt. <laughs>